0: I to go with a little extra flair on that last one <laughs> I liked it, I yeah, think, I think it worked Thank you
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to Talk Nerdy to Me, Baby And I am Amy
0: And I am Baby Casey, I'm Casey, no I'm not a baby, I'm Casey
1: Are you sure? You seem to be having an identity I crisis I can
0: be childish But I'm Casey That is the name I was given to me when I was a baby
1: Do you identify <laughs> with that name?
0: Yeah, it's got me Got me this far. I
1: was gonna say you've made it quite quite a ways.
0: Yep. All
1: right. Today we decided to step away from the past two episodes where we talked only about movies and quite a bit. And it went (laughs) for a while. You can find those by going to the page on whatever podcast app listening device you are on. Uh, Today we are going to delve into shelves, bookshelves, and talk about our favorites books,
0: favorite books,
1: favorite books. I like books. Books. I like books. Books. Books.
0: Uh, well, I, let me start this off by saying, uh, when I was little, I had a great mom. Love mom. Because she would take me to the library every weekend. And using her mom magic, that was such an exciting thing for me. I can still remember the smell of that library. Wow. It's like, you know, while certain people have certain smells that mm. have a very strong, uh, Meaning or a strong sense memory, you know that yeah. sort of stuff. Uh, the smell of that library is something that I always look forward to and can still picture to this day. That's Through, awesome. Like yeah. the smell brings me memories, um, and some of the couple of the things on my list came from that library, or I was introduced to from that library. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm. I've always been a book reader. Uh, it's something that we bonded over so me and my mom uh and yeah i like books
1: i have always loved books my entire life um we did go to the library when i was younger and i used to give like reading lessons to one of my friends because she was a little bit behind and it was really fun to do that so i remember a lot of like the kids books we would read together but uh, my mom and i a lot of times would end up There was not a lot to do where I was, but one of the places to like go was the mall. And in that same shopping plaza, you had old school Walden books
0: Mm. inside the mall. We had a we had a Books a Million.
1: We also had Books a Million. Yeah, we had the two of them. They were all in the same shopping plaza, just depending on if you went outside Ah. or inside the mall. Yeah, and would spend so much time there. And well. Be those people who sat on the floor.
0: Well, the Books-A-Million that I used to go to at the mall, that was, like, one of the only cool places in the mall, honestly. it I think it died a very slow death. It might still be dying a slow, cancerous death.
1: Uh, it has a very thriving online business. They get uh, exclusive Funko Pops.
0: Well, I meant the mall itself, not oh, Books-A-Million.
1: Yeah, all malls are dying.
0: Yeah. Uh, but the Books-A-Million was right next to and sort of sponsored... Uh, and the little food court that had like a little you know area and saturday mornings was uh the pokemon league and we would play pokemon cards there so it was sort of connected to that through that they were the ones they didn't really sponsor but it was just kind of like a yeah we we, we, they were the ones that were like yeah i think it was someone in there's idea someone that worked there like maybe Mm -hmm. the manager's idea to have that and so that's where I would go, and that's what got me into a manga, which we will definitely the, delve into in a different episode. Oh, yeah, episode. that
1: will be a completely other thing. This is specifically, like, books novels. with just words on it. Yeah. Well, novels is only fiction. I have a couple of nonfiction books on my list. Oh, yeah, well... I, I'm being technical. I worked in a bookstore. Okay. A yeah, novel I, is no, fiction. I have, I, have <laughs> an,
0: I have a... That's... Uh, I will give you that. You have definitely proven yourself in that field. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have some nonfiction as well.
1: Did you? Because, so Casey and I are not the exact same age. Uh, did your school, like, do the book Scholastic fairs? Book Fairs?
0: Yes, they, they did. They were
1: so amazing. I remember getting, like, the flyers so you could order them beforehand. And yep. just being, like, circle, circle, oh, circle, man. circle, circle.
0: I have some things from that flyer on this list as well. It nice. all comes full circle. It does. Like a circle on the flyer. <laughs>
1: That was probably my favorite thing in elementary school, was when the Book Fair game, and it took over the entire school library. Yep. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. It was so and,
0: Like, amazing. get away, stupid library shelves. It's Book Fair shelf time.
1: Heck, yeah.
0: One little brief little thing I have to mention. Yes. Uh, there was a Legolas poster that I really, 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 really wanted that was at the Book Fair, and my mom would let me get it. And then, like, one or two days later... They had the drawing for the $25 book fair reward. Yeah. And guess who got it? The only time I've won anything in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So I got that and another Lord of the Rings poster and some other books.
1: I want to tell me what Legolas poster you got.
0: Uh, It was a very close up of his face from the two towers and he has his armor on.
1: Was it blue? Yes. We had the same poster. Love you. I love you, too. (laughs) Uh,
0: I think we've had this revelation before. I think we did, but it's
1: still like, dang. Except you got that poster in elementary school, and I got it in middle school.
0: (laughs) Because time difference. And specifically age difference. Age (laughs)
1: difference. But I actually might still have that poster. It might be in my closet right now, because I have a whole like. I know exactly
0: where it is. I just rolled it up recently. I
1: know. I'm just... I don't know what made the Trek... And survived enough to be sur-
0: like reused. Well, uh, have you ever written a Segway? No. Because here's one right now. Oh my god! <laughs> my favorite book. Well, I'm gonna con- I'm gonna mm-hmm. put it as a series because it was intended to be one book. Fun yes, fact. it was. Lord of the Rings.
1: Yep, it's on my list too. All right,
0: <laughs> uh, I got this from a book fair because they had the whole set, and I ordered the whole set, and I was so happy. And it continues to be my favorite series, dot at the end, period.
1: Uh, It is definitely one of my favorite series. Uh, I got it right before the movie started coming out. Like, I saw the trailers for it, and it had never come up in my life beforehand. Like, my parents aren't big – I'm not going to say they're not big readers. Like, my mom did a lot of reading, but they weren't big, like, fantasy readers. Yeah. So I was never exposed to that. As a child, via them, it was always just me finding stuff. Don't peek at my list. I
0: just happened to see that Lord of the Rings was at the top. It it was was for me. So look at that. I didn't even know it was at the top of your list, and that's where we started. So look at that. Yeah. The power of the ring. Do not be tempted by it. (laughs) No. Even
1: with the cool invisibility. Yeah,
0: there was sort of a weird overlap of stuff because my librarian. read some of The Hobbit to us, Mm -hmm. and then we saw the play, uh, the community theater version of the play, and so that was my exposure to The Hobbit, and then Lord of the Rings came out, and uh, I remember staying home and watching the first one on VHS that we had rented from Blockbuster, and it was kind of a mishmash. I don't remember exactly how everything went from there. Of movies versus books, but yeah. it was it was a nice little mesh, and so I just kind of it all was in one melting pot of stuff for Casey. I remember including video games. Yeah,
1: too. <laughs> I remember sometime in it was either the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school. One of I'm gonna say English classes, but if it was elementary school, it was not in an English class. Uh, showed us the animated Lord of the Rings.
0: Oh yeah, it, I did see a little bit of that. It too. was.
1: It's so weird, like. That, versus my experience later on in life, was just very different.
0: It might have been an animated version of The Hobbit, because they did one of those, too.
1: They did. I just vaguely remember a very different-looking Legolas, because yeah. they don't draw him the same way that you have Orlando Bloom, Yeah. and so it, it was very different, but I enjoyed it a lot. I did read some of the other books by Tolkien, like The Untold Stories, and I tried the... I can't ever say it.
0: Silmarillion. Silmarillion? Yes. There you go. I,
1: I always want to forget the R, but I know I'm wrong. So at least I know. Is Silmarillion is how it. Yep. At least I know I'm wrong when I
0: assume.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I did read that. I got most of the way through it. I don't know if I ever finished it. But I did also I have finish a, it, yeah. I did have a dictionary of all the beasts.
0: Uh, the other thing I got was when I was in Sweden, uh, I found a copy of... Uh, Sir Gawain. Yes. That he wrote. Uh, and I'd never found it anywhere. And I was like, well, it's here in Sweden. And.
1: Was it in Swedish? No. Wow.
0: Yeah, it was in English. Cute. Yep. Yeah. But I paid for it in kroner. Crowns. Yep. Good for you. And by that, I mean I was still able to use my debit card. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, otherwise, I will say Lord of the Rings is a really big influence when the comes to me and, like, world-building and writing. Oh, yeah. uh, I notice a lot of Aragorn when I do certain kinds of characters.
0: Yeah, he's a very uh, strong archetype. Yeah, he's uh, a hero of legend kind of guy.
1: And, like, he's very King Arthur-esque, sort of, in a way.
0: And very... uh, Christ-like in a lot of ways, like because you know, like in the literary term, like the Christ-like figure. Yep. Um,
1: in a way, I enjoy better than *Line the Witch in the Wardrobe*. Yeah. That just made me sad.
0: Yeah, we can. Um, I mean, I, I could honestly do a whole thing on Tolkien sometime, but yeah, he, it, I, I'm there, definitely more of a *Lord of the Rings* fan than I am.
1: Uh, oh, so can I, I can also go on and on CS about Lewis my fan. issues with C.S. Lewis.
0: Yeah.
1: and how he liked to portray girls. Uh, uh, but that's also a different podcast. Yeah. We're talking about books that we like and love and yeah. all of that. So what is your next book, Casey?
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and let you do yours because I have to look to see what I have next. But
1: Yes, I used pen and paper. Well, some of this I'd be fancy with a tablet. Yeah. Uh, I went Harry uh, Potter. Yes.
0: Just the whole series?
1: I mean, the whole series... It, it, I have to put it as a whole series. I can tell you my favorite book. My favorite book is *Prisoner of Azkaban*.
0: Okay, because I just put I like I just picked, with the exception of *Lord of the Rings*, I just picked one, out of the series, and so to kind of encompass everything, I picked *Goblet of Fire*.
1: Which is probably my second favorite, mm. because I, as a trope in anything, I love puzzles, and riddles, and anything like that in a book. It just like I heightens it for me.
0: So, yeah, throw mix all that together and you've got a got Wizard tournament. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, I had to put it all together just because it's hard for me to not go like this is my favorite Harry Potter book. But then this is this is this is. This, this. Yeah. So, for me it, it always exists as a whole.
0: Yeah. I think my second favorite was Order of the Phoenix uh, as a book. Okay. Uh, because that that's a fun story. It is. I still have the hat that I got for pre-ordering the book. Uh, which I think was somewhere around the time of the book fair. I remember it actually came out over the summer, and I was on vacation at the beach, and so uh, I didn't get to get my copy there. I thought I couldn't. I think it turned out that I could have gotten my copy while I was at the beach at a bookstore, but they were like, no, you need to get it at this place.
1: Oh, no. So,
0: But when I got back from the beach, it was sold out, and so I had to wait about two weeks to get the book. So it was a long, agonizing wait, but I eventually got the book and loved it. Although, the major death was spoiled for me, just out of the blue. Uh,
1: I was that horrible person. My, so I would go to like the nights, mm. the midnight release parties, with usually my cousin, who was my age, and either my mom or her mom. And we went with her mom for... It was either... Half-Blood Prince or Order of the Phoenix. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I think it was Order of the Phoenix because I'm remembering specific things. Um,
0: Because that was the first first book to be released after the movies came out.
1: Yes. Um, So it was a big deal. But we were on the way home, and I'm a person who... I will often read the last page first on the off chance that I will never get to it.
0: Mm. I made the mistake of whenever I was reading... Uh I like to know how many pages there are. Yep. So I have a similar thing. I just don't read the last page. I just like to know how many pages there are. And on my way to the last page, I got spoiled for a death in Goblet of Fire too. Oh so. no. <laughs> All spoilers.
1: Casey's just like a spoiler magnet. Yes. No I just I have a thing where like I don't like the idea that I will never get to know like the last words of a book. And so I will almost Every time, unless I'm not fully invested in the book and, like, don't care, I will read either the last page or the last paragraph before starting it.
0: Yeah, if I do that, it's by accident.
1: You know, I, I choose to do this. But
0: that's, uh, you know, whatever. But
1: if you try to glance over and see my fridge from here, that... Yes,
0: audience. <laughs> yes.
1: That, that Gryffindor magnet that's on there uh, yes. is actually from one of the midnight release parties. And I... Keep it there. Despite the fact that I was so mad, no one would trade me for Slytherin. <laughs> because I am a Slytherin here, folks. And, and I
0: am a Gryffindor.
1: I know. It's like they knew.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Foreshadowing.
1: I know, especially since no Gryffindors live here.
0: So before we move on from Harry Potter, I have to say my little my little background with Harry Potter. Um, because it was at that library. And lo and behold, there was the little column of Best-selling books and popular books. And by that time, I saw Goblet of Fire there. And I was like, I want to read this. I just saw the cover. They say don't judge a book by its cover, but this was a very good cover. Yes. It's my favorite cover. And I was like, what is this? Let me read it. And they're like, it's 700 pages. You're a little child. And I'm like, <laughs> I could probably read better than you. <laughs> I didn't say that. But that's, how, that's the air I brought in whenever I came in because I, I mean that's, I was,
1: that's the air you bring in anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i remember in second grade whenever my teacher had to go away if she was reading a book to the class she would give it to me because she was a big junie e. b jones fan mm-hmm. if you, I, I, I do know yeah what June e. b. Jones is. uh and so there were a couple of times where my teachers had to go away because there was like a, it was like a sort of connected class and the teachers were friends so they would kind of share a classroom sometimes uh but anyway Uh, I would be the one chosen to read to the class because they knew that I was a good reader and could...
1: And was a natural performer?
0: Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) Uh, But I was like, can I get that one? And the lady at the front desk was like, that's really good, and you should read it, but that's actually the fourth one. Read the first one. And so um, I checked out Sorcerer's Stone and read like two or three chapters of it and took it back because I was like, I don't have time for this right now uh but i liked it and then the movie came out i saw the movie and i'm like i'm going back for that book and within i read that in a couple of days i remember being in my after school care and them letting me go into the inside part so i could be in a room by myself and read <laughs> sorcerer's <laughs> stone because i flew through it and it ended up flying through At the rest of it. so i was caught let up you go inside. well well this was my after school care thing okay so, yeah
1: I was going to say, when I tried to read at recess, they made me read outside and it was hot and humid.
0: No, this was after school care. And they would let people go into a little area in the inside spot uh, to do homework. Mm-hmm. I Excuse me. I just wanted to read, so I got to go into another room.
1: Oh. I just
0: sat on the floor and read.
1: Special snowflake case. <laughs> uh, I actually found Harry Potter very similarly. I found it at one of the classic book fairs. Mm. where it was there and it was i think it was chamber of secrets had just come out Mm. because i don't think i had seen it before then and it was just on a thing and it was so scholastic book fair often overlapped with a thing that we had called the heron hoopla which was an outdoor like activity thing okay (laughs) because we were the blue herons Uh because it was florida um and you have activities and stuff but me being the indoor child that I was wanted to go inside to where they were selling all the books and they had like a little special thing set up for Harry Potter and I was like, I'm going to get all of the ones that are here which was (laughs) two or three, I can't quite remember which like which number had come out, I think it was two but Mm -hmm. I just wanted all of them and it kind of was history from there and then when the first movie came out our school took my grade and I don't know if they did it to any other grade, I just remember my grade, uh, out of school for a day to go to the mall that was like 30 minutes away to go see that movie during school.
0: We did that for some other movies. Oh, we didn't do it for Harry Potter. I just remember, I remember getting a giraffe from a claw machine before the movie. So <laughs> that giraffe will be forever associated with Harry Potter. It's a magical giraffe.
1: It's a magic giraffe. <laughs> I wonder uh, if there is a giraffe equivalent in the Wizarding World. Probably. I would ask Newt's commander.
0: Speaking of giraffes, if you shrink its neck all the way down to a and change its color, well, I'm going to stretch it a little bit towards a deer because okay, that is the sure. protagonist of uh, <laughs> one of my favorite books of all time and held the, the top spot for a little bit uh, Firebringer.
1: Which I have on my bookshelf because you told me I should read it. Yes. I still have yet to read it, but it's there. Uh, it
0: is a book. Uh, I realized quite early on that, well, I'll get to it when I get to the next a uh, next book in my list. Uh, I like books with talking animals. For the most part, I do. Okay. Um, and this is about. Uh, it's a pretty dark book, actually. It's centered around talking deer, and it's about like the chosen one, and then uh, you know some of his family is killed shortly after his birth, and then he's raised by common like a common people in this case deer as he is a deer uh but (laughs) (laughs) deer 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 uh but then he you know he has to go on this quest and he has his sort of ragtag buddies that go with him and it's just a it's just a quest and there's like a a prophecy and everything uh and it was really good they did the the author did another one set in the same world uh, called The Sight, which is about wolves. I didn't like it as much. It was eh. Okay. Uh, but this one was phenomenal. I just remember being totally glued to it and loving it tremendously. So, cool. That's when it stuck with me.
1: Oh yeah, And I fully intend to read it whenever I can get to it. That's why it's on my bookshelf. Yeah. And it sounds cool. And it does make me want to actually do a podcast about, like, favorite. Childhood movies mm-hmm. that we grew up on, because that's where most of my talking animals come from. Mm. I don't think I ever—I really don't think I ever read that many books of talking animals. Not for lack of why. well, most of
0: them were from the same series, which I'll get to in a minute. Yes, I think I know. Yeah, probably.
1: Um, next book that's in my list. Let's see. Do I want to go in order? or Do I want to jump around? If we're talking about books from our childhood.
0: Uh no, I. You know I I just.
1: Because I, so let me, if we're talking about books from our childhood that made like a big impact, let me talk to you about the book that you should read instead of Twilight. (laughs) It's a book called Demon in My View, which is the sequel to a book called In the Forest of the Night. Uh, They're by Amelia Atwater Rhodes. And she was like a young girl who got published and it was like a big deal back then, but I don't remember all that went on with that. But I do remember reading these two books which were about uh, mostly vampires and then also, like, shapeshifters. She continued on with, like, a couple different series. But these two... uh, Demon in My View was always my favorite, but In the Force of the Night was a predecessor to it because the characters from In the Force of the Night become uh, the characters that the lead girl in Demon in My View is writing about because she's having dreams about them. But it was... It was one of my favorite portrayals of vampires because it does the, like, slightly romanticized vampire and vampires that can do kind of things that traditional vampires can't. So they're not quite, like, Buffy, have-to-hide-in-the-basement kind of vampires, but they're Mm -hmm. not sparkling-in-the-sun-twilight vampires. But they are bloodthirsty. And they just... And they are very distinctly not human. And seeing their interaction and seeing this... uh, She's a high schooler who wants to be an author, and she gets to start interacting with these uh, vampires who she's dreaming about, and it was just very interesting to see how humans interact with people who are very viscerally not human Mm -hmm. in a way that I had not seen before as a kid. And it probably is why, like, I hooked on to things like Buffy and Angel and all those kind of darker fun series of the supernatural sort.
0: Well, if we're going with stuff that you should read instead of Twilight, I'll just plug this book uh, that I remember reading called Dompier. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is, is, is a term uh, used for half-vampire, half-human. Uh, and it's about her and her elf friend. He's a dark elf. And they have a uh, half-wolf companion. And I was afraid that the wolf was going to die... Because that's usually what happens with that kind of stuff. Nope, that wolf can do anything and will take down anyone that Which tries to hurt it. And I can read it. <laughs> yes, yes, you can because that wolf is the best. Uh, and they're literally just trying to end up like getting this bar and like turn into like a little restaurant. And they're just trying to have like a quiet life, and then things come knocking for them and. Because you know she's obviously hated of her. She's hated of her kind. He's a dark elf, so he's hated by his kind. And the wolf is half wolf, half dog, and so wolves are threatened by it. So they're each outcasts, and that kind of come together and become this little, this little family. Uh, I I remember getting the second. I bought the second one recently, and so I'm gonna keep going with that series. But yeah, shameless plug.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and just to finish up with the one that I really like. It, I really liked Demon In My View just because it was a really good thing if you felt like a creative outcast in school because it gave you a person to identify with and then that person got to go do the really cool things while everyone else at school got, was bored. And, but not in, like... And it sounds very, like, teenager and it is that kind of book, but it it's not the same way that I see it portrayed in other ways. Like, it's not a everyone's stupid and I'm not it's more of like I just don't get these people but I get these people which I really liked but yeah demon in my view Amelia at water roads sweet so
0: back to the talking animals for me (laughs) uh so uh in fourth grade we had the treasure box and it was called the treasure box and so if you did something good you could get something from the treasure box uh, which I was very good so I got to go I got to make multiple trips to the treasure box and a l- couple of times that I did I picked books because that's who I was and still am uh, and I found a book called uh, actually it might have just been on the shelf uh, but
1: so you were just bragging about the treasure box when it's not actually related to the I th- book. I
0: don't remember if I got that one for the I, see I think how that it one is. might have just I got I think I got secret of NIM. I think my Ooh. my my teacher told me about it, and because I read this book, uh, and then mentioned that to me, and my mom had read *Secret* in Him and we bonded over that. But the book I'm referring to uh, is *Redwall*, the first one. I remember seeing it, and I I just grabbed it and read it, and boy, is that a good book! Uh, because it's just everything on an epic scale. It's about uh, if you don't know, the series is about, it focuses on the Redwall Abbey, which is a sort of a sanctuary for all sorts of animals, and there's a community there, and there's this little guy named, I guess, I always thought it was Mathias, that's what I always refer to him as, Mathias. but looking at it, yeah, it's Matthias. <laughs> but I'm like, Mathias sounds cooler, so to me, it's still Mathias. I think it's a cooler name, but uh, <laughs> yes, Matthias is a little mouse who just works in the Abbey, and he always looks at this tapestry of Martin the Warrior, who was the one who founded the Abbey. Uh, I think he's the one who founded it. And, um, and so he always looked up to him, the Great Warrior, who stood against all odds and prevailed, that sort of thing. And there's an evil rat who comes to town in Clooney and it like is pretty brutal i mean like i wasn't expecting it to be that brutal like you know he's he attacks the abbey kills people so basically like attacking a church uh and he has an eye patch and he's all evil um, i
1: want to see this movie done like cats the musical with george clooney, <laughs> clooney.
0: <laughs> well not as cats because i don't like that musical I, but
1: i'm just saying i you actually... CG drug. movie!
0: Give me a CG movie. I'm, I'll do CG movie all day. I just want
1: to see George Clooney dress up as a rat.
0: <laughs> That's fine. We can do that. We can make <laughs> that happen. Because we have clearly have that power. Yes, we do. Uh, but he finds the sword. Uh, I, looking back, I have to reread it again. But I feel like it, it must go through all like the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. I think it probably follows a lot of, if not most of, the th- things in that arc and that uh, setup. setup. Uh, but he gets the sword of Martin the Warrior and ends up saving the day. This little guy, this little nobody guy, and becomes a hero. And so that's the first one in the series. The rest of the series is I ended up reading like almost all of the other ones at some point. Um, and there are earlier ones like prequels and that sort of things. Um, my other favorite one I'll just mention since it's on my list is Martin the Warrior. So that is the story of Martin and how he became the famous hero of legend that he is. Uh, and I, I remember, like, as far as battles in books, that one had the one of the most intense battles at the end and because that is the one that made him of that legend. And I just yeah. remember, like, almost crying at how good that book was. Uh, and so, yeah, very emotional for being what it was. Like, it did not shy away from, from certain things. And the other interesting thing that it did is that certain... Uh, Because the writer Brian Jacques was British, he was from Liverpool, Mm -hmm. and it was the first instance I'd ever come across of uh, someone writing in a style to show that dialect or accent. Okay. Um, Like, the moles were very cockney. As I, looking back, they were clearly cockney, uh, but some of them were hard to understand because of how they were written, but I got it over time of, like...
1: That's what the point was. Yeah,
0: yeah. And so it was an interesting way of writing, and yeah, he became one of my favorite authors. May he rest in peace.
1: Did he do then Secret Name?
0: No. Okay, because no
1: so you mentioned it, and I was very confused. Yeah,
0: Secret Name was written in the eighties. This was like late nineties yeah. when this started.
1: That's why I was confused, but I thought I would clarify.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Boom, two books on my list out of the way. Redwall and Martin wow. the Warrior. If you can, I would check out the entire series because it's all great
1: uh going from that i'm going to talk about one of my favorite authors uh who does big fantasy book series uh sarah j mass who th- don't give me that look um
0: i'm smiling because i know you love her
1: i do indeed and i'm very excited to get a ticket to her book signing um sarah j mass writes throne of glass which is a series about um a former assassin who goes on a quest to liberate a continent and then she has another one that is about uh it's it's hard to say without like fully saying everything it but it it starts out as a cross between red riding hood and beauty and the beast and then goes into like the war of the Fae, which is really epic and um my favorite of them is Throne of Glass, and my favorite of those is Queen of Shadows, because it introduced one of, like, my favorite characters of all time. But they are just such detailed and books that just make you invest so much in the story of the characters. And for books that have such a large, growing ensemble, she does so well at making you want to hear about all of them, and does if if an author can make you uh, love one set of characters, and then in the next book, in a chapter, completely rewrite what you thought you knew about one of about two different characters, to the point where like there was a character I hated, like absolutely hated, gave a chapter about the backstory of what was going on in that character's head, and I completely changed my mind, and it and it didn't feel forced. And I just love her writing style. And it's hard for me... I'm someone who groups series together as books. But I can tell you that uh, Throne of Glass, if you love action and adventure and like that kind of epic scape,
0: I do. (laughs) It's
1: perfect for you. Um, And it has such strong female characters that you're just like, yes! And of those, my favorite is Queen of Shadows. And the last book comes out really soon. And I'm so freaking excited. If you like a bit more romance to your fantasy, then A Court of Thorns and Roses is probably going to be a better suit for you. And um, the second book, oh my gosh, I'm completely blanking on the name because they all do A Court of Something and Something, and it's hard to go through. Um, I think it's A Court of Mist and Fury, which is the second or third book. I'm just blanking, but I remember that being the one. <sighs> this is what happens when I don't go stare at my bookshelves before I do this. <laughs> um, but a *Court of Mist and Fury* was the one that like changed my mind on this book series, and I really, really loved it. But yeah, it—I can go on and on about how much I just really enjoy and get invested in every book that comes out for it. I mean, I freak out when I can't get a signed first edition hardcover. <laughs> if you're wondering my level of fangirl on this. <laughs> uh, this author's particular works Well I also infected uh, Over half of the bookstore I worked at With people to get them to read this book
0: <laughs> Well Having not written a the segue There certainly are a lot of segues in this Because Speaking of characters that you Initially hated and got your mind changed on And powerful female characters My next book is a Game of Thrones. Not Game of Thrones, because that's the TV show. A Game of Thrones is the technical title of this one. Uh, it's my favorite of the series, as far as the books go. Um, a Song of Ice and Fire is the name of the series. Yes. The book yes, series. it is. Uh, for any of you who have are confused about that. Uh, yeah, so I, I was introduced to this by a friend. Um, it was right when the show came out, but I managed to read the books... Um, I was always ahead of the books. I was ahead of the books from the show. I was trying to figure so out... So you how the were
1: reading ways. the books ahead of watching the series.
0: Yes. yes. I don't know why that was so hard for me to find it's a way okay, to say it. That's stay. why I'm here. Yes, thank you. Uh, and I have... I help with names, you help with words. Yep. <laughs> uh...
1: And together, we make a semi-coherent sentence.
0: Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I always managed to stay ahead until the show passed the books... Which, you
1: know. Uh, oh my gosh. I he's,
0: can, George yeah. R. Martin, I love you. You're a great writer, but you slow.
1: I can give you multiple instances of, since this is a book episode, working in a bookstore, having someone come up to you and be like, Can I have the latest Game of Thrones book? And you're like, Sure. And you go get it. <laughs> and you come back and they're like, no, 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 the latest one. And I'm like, This is the latest one. They're like, No, The Winds of Winter or whatever. You're and like, then I'm just like, no. Dear? Dear? <laughs> this book isn't out yet. They're like, but that was supposed to come out, but then I'm like, no. And then you have the movie that has the best thing. Yes.
0: So there's a movie, Logan Lucky, which came out last year, which was one of my favorite movies of last year. Same. There's an extended, like, it just like, It's makes like a, joke. a five
1: to six minute scene. Yeah,
0: just talking about that. And it's so funny. You should, you owe it, it to yourself to go see it.
1: And it was just, When we watched that movie and I saw that scene, I was like, this is too real.
0: It's too real. (laughs) It's so funny. But yes, uh, from the books, the first one, uh, well, there was one spoiler. It was the big spoiler of the first one, simply because my friend was telling me that, oh, it's also a TV show that's coming out, um, and Sean Bean is the main character, and
1: and that was the spoiler.
0: Because yep. <laughs> so like hey, he plays. Sean Bean. I was like, does he play uh, Ned Stark? And he was like, yes. And I was like, well, we know what happens to yep. him. <laughs> so, I mean, that's not really a spoiler because I'm sure at this point you can't avoid Game of Thrones, the show, and know that Sean Bean is in it. So, yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the, the book is really well written. It's divided into perspectives of different characters. Each chapter is... You know someone else, uh, and they bounce back and forth. Uh, To me, the the first one is my favorite book, Uh, and uh, a Storm of Swords. Leaves the third one. That one's my second favorite. Uh, Those are those are my favorites of the the series. But uh, the first one just sets up the world really well. It's it's the I think it's the shortest or no second shortest. So it's a brisk read. Uh, <laughs> for that being said, uh, but I mean, it introduces you to the world and the characters and everything. It's a mystery novel, which I like at its core. Um, and yeah, I mean, what else is there to say that hasn't been said about Game of Thrones already? I could do an episode about that. But yeah, the first I haven't read them. The first one is definitely my favorite of the books. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I I like the show.
0: The show is brilliant. And I I wasn't. It's probably my favorite yeah. TV show. Um, so yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, Game of Thrones is one of those I just had never gotten around to like finishing. I started the first one
0: a while ago. You mean the books? Yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: let's see. Can I find a segue from Game of Thrones? <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, dragons.
0: Oh, dragons. Nice.
1: Uh, completely different kinds of dragons. I really like a lot of like the cliche tropes that come from uh fantasy novels especially fantasy novels that are geared towards uh, girls but i like when they kind of turn them on their head uh when i was oh goodness it was probably middle school um i read a book called dragon's bait Hmm. which was about this girl
0: bait you with the dragons in it
1: there's only one dragon
0: did it bit you with the dragon in it? Yes. Nice.
1: I am very easily drawn in by dragons. Um, it's about a girl who is declared a witch uh, from her town and chosen as a sacrifice to the great dragon. That like So that the dragon won't terrorize their town. Once
0: um, you get the dragon balls. One, oh, wrong, wrong uh,
1: no, wrong, 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 wrong series. Kids. Okay, wrong series. Okay, um, and so she gets tied to a stake, and left there to be eaten by the dragon. And eventually, the dragon comes, and she just like screams at it because she's like, "I'm so sick of all this! Like, how could these people do this?" And I loved her tenacity. And then the dragon leaves, and in walks this hot dude, and. Is like I can help you get revenge on all of the people who wronged you. Turns out the dragon can shape shift to a hot dude okay. and back, and it's this kind of thing of her dealing with like her wants for revenge and like want for like these people to pay for what they did to her, and realizing that her life is better now because she found hot dragon dude so and has I'm freedom. I'm curious about
0: the the bait part because because it, she
1: was bait for the dragon.
0: Okay. I was like, I hope it's not going like jailbait, but. No, dragon, no. Shit, no, no,
1: no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could have. I, I don't remember thinking that like was Like, how good. old is but, this? But no, it was support. more like because they tie her to a stake to bring the dragon right. to eat her.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And interesting. I didn't yeah. read that.
1: It was it was fun. It's very, very tiny. Like, it's a very short book. Because um, a lot of the novels like that back then were short.
0: Well, uh, is it part of a series or just the one?
1: Uh, As far as I know, it's just the one. Okay. I've never seen any continuation of it. Okay. But I also have, like, had this book in my book collection for years, and I don't know if I, at that point in my life, knew that series really were a thing. Hmm. So, but yeah, Dragon's Bait was really fun. It's one of the few books that's made it all the way through since, like, my young, young reading.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, I'm going to my... looks like... I thought I had more. It looks like this is the only technically non-fiction book on my list because okay. I am a very fantastical reader. Uh, uh, apparently
1: but, we both are. <laughs>
0: but this man was very fantastical. I am referring to the autobiography Kiss Me Like a Stranger by Gene Wilder. Ooh. It was the first uh, autobiography of an actor that I, that I ever read and it still remains to be my favorite. Uh, just because reading... I mean he writes it so well He wrote a novel that I need to pick up, like a fiction novel I Mm -hmm. need to... uh, A a novel, because you said novels are fiction, so... Novels are fiction. Yeah, so I made it redundant. A novel that he wrote, I want to pick it up, because he's such a good writer. Uh, But the thing that got to me, more than any other autobiography I've read of anyone, is how similar as people we were, I learned, as I read the book. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's funny, it's it's sad, like, I mean, he goes, you know, when he describes all the stuff he goes through, but it's just, it's just incredibly well written, and I feel like I know him, I feel like, even though I didn't get to meet him in person, uh, I feel like I know him, Mm -hmm. and it's one of those, it's one of those types of books, and as an actor, it just made me overjoyed to hear his story, and I read it, uh, a couple of years before, uh, he unfortunately passed, I think it was last year. That, or maybe the year before, that, it was the year before. Yeah, that he passed and uh, I'm so glad I got to read this before and you know I feel like I had an insight to his life before that happened um, but just such a good read I mean I've read a lot of great autobiographies some of them almost made my list and I'm sure I'll get to talk about some of them later on but this is the one most near and dear to my heart it's so good It's just the best little read. I flew through it. I was just... It's wonderful. Gene Wilder is wonderful.
1: And what was it called again?
0: Kiss Me Like a Stranger. Okay. Yes. Uh, The best little vignette that you... (laughs) In the the whole thing, uh, one of the... Well, one of the best is his story about losing his virginity. Oh, wow. And I will not go into any details, but it is a wonderful, hilarious little story that you'll have to read when you read the book. Okay. It's so funny. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> you turn. <did. laughs> well, if we're going to talk about nonfiction, I can talk about the only nonfiction book on my list right
0: now. Look at that. What like, is it?
1: Uh, Hyperbole and a Half. Ah, uh, yes. Which is the book I keep trying to get everyone to read, including Casey.
0: Yes, you showed me. It.
1: I showed him my favorite story from it. Because it's a series. I'm in. Yeah, it's a series of uh, short vignettes and, like, little stories and comics from. Uh, the author, whose name is slipping my mind right now. Oh my gosh. I know it's on there. If you want to go look.
0: Yeah, I'm going to slip away. Unnoticed.
1: Unnoticed, except for the fact that we have acknowledged it is. It's it's on that stack right there, Casey. Yes. Oh, Allie Brosh. Ali Brosh. There you go. I was like, I know it's an A, but it was slipping my mind. I <laughs> went
0: nowhere. I was here the whole time.
1: <laughs> um, Ali Brosh, she used to do a webcomic called Hyperbole and a Half, and they condensed most of the best ones from it, and I think a couple new ones, into the book, and it's all about her journey with anxiety and depression, and as someone who deals with a lot of those same things, it was really good to hear someone else's story done in such a humorous way, and it just, it's a book I've read multiple times, it's such a quick read, but it's hilarious, it's heartwarming, and it just, like, It really gets the experience of living life with, like, mental issues. Like, mental problems. Like, mental health issues. Mm -hmm. I couldn't find the correct PC way to say it, which is (laughs) mental health issues. Gotcha. Um, But, yeah, it's one of my favorites. It's a very quick read, and it can also cheer you up. Really good. Nice. Hyperbole and a half. Well. Very heavy book.
0: Well, I went... I'm going back to fantasy again. Because I can't seem to get away from it. Uh... It's the series, the, I think the series is called the Young Years, Young Merlin series. Yes. Uh, the first one's called The Lost Years of Merlin. They kind of redid it and changed, like, the titles. And I think the first one just called The Lost Years. But I read it uh, back when I, it was. this was another library one that I found. Um, and the third one is also one of my favorites, The, the Fires of Merlin, because you get the dragon. Dream. Dream. Uh but it's a really interesting story it tells Merlin as a young kid and uh, just kind of throws away what you think you know about Merlin and you know long beard with suitcase and waving his wand and looking
1: like Sam Neil
0: <laughs> <laughs> well I was that and the what was it the uh, black cauldron oh yeah. Well, Which I never saw.
1: I mean, no, there was an. Or *Sword in the Stone*. It's Sword, Sword, *Sword in and Stone. Stone*. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Which is a really interesting movie to rewatch because it has almost no plot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, so that's just kind of like the typical idea of what Berlin is, and this gives it a very fresh and pretty realistic take, you know, considering that there's fantastical elements to it, but just. And that being said, it's a very grounded book and just very well written. Uh, T.A. Barron is the one who wrote it. And uh, I, I haven't finished the series yet. I only got to the, I think the third one was the last one that I read. But I found it at my local bookstore. And I've been collecting the yeah. series. And I'm going to re-experience those books because I remember loving them so much. Yeah. Quick read. I mean, the the, bo- the books are short. They're f- super fun. Uh, very well written. I love it.
1: Yep. Cool. Uh, Your turn. Okay. Uh, to go with the fin. Wi- right. Decent amount, and I can stop whenever you want. <laughs> um, uh, another fantastical read is uh, "Uprooted" by Naomi Novik. I really like Naomi Novik. She was actually a author who came from, like, the fandom space and went into fully published work. She has a series um, about dragons and the Napoleon War that I can never... I can't pronounce the name of that series, but it's an eight-book series which I have to read. I just haven't gotten a chance to yet. But Uprooted is a interesting kind of beauty in the beast Beast meets uh, Howl's Moving Castle kind of book. And it's, I really enjoyed the magic system, and I enjoyed her, like, I like spunky female protagonists. Um, no. Yeah! Because she has a lot of just, like, resistance to the way society say, says that she's supposed to behave. Like, she gets chosen by the the beast, more or less. Uh, I think they call, I, I, I believe they call him the dragon. Um to go be his, like, apprentice, and she gets to learn from him. But, like, it's a very, like, hate you, hate you, love you kind of way. Mm-hmm. But it it just was very interesting, and I enjoyed the magic system and their evolving relationship because I just like seeing people open up. And I like the resistance when they're like, I don't really, but then yes. Like, I, I am not a big romance reader, but I do like romance elements when they're done in a nice way. And Naomi Novik just has a very pretty and interesting writing style that I very much enjoy. And she has a se- It's not a sequel to this book, but it's a book set in the same kind of world that just came out. That's I think it was called Spinning Silver, which was a Sleeping Beauty-esque book. Mm. Um, and I do really like fairy tale retellings because usually you get a much more uh, female-friendly version of a fairy tale mm. and yeah Naomi Novik is an author you should check out and Uprooted was my favorite so far
0: nice I think I'm gonna jump my list a little bit and get my last fantastical one out of the way uh I wrote I put down uh The Never War which is book three of the Pendragon series this was a book uh we had taken a test uh in sixth grade and there was time to kill so I walked over to the shelf picked it up saw the cover start it, it was like World War one
1: is this another one where you started in the middle
0: yes <laughs> uh, just this is the probably the most famous of me grabbing reading in the middle jumping in the middle uh, as I just picked it up started reading it fell in love with the writing style uh, it's really good and yeah and I just kept going with the series from there but that one is still my favorite mm. Um I have a I have a thing of the first one I pick up tending to be my favorite. It's just kind of how it goes, uh, but Bobby Pendragon is just this high schooler with you know who's with his friends and then finds out that he's part of uh, his father and his family have been uh, these group of people that go around that travel around to different worlds. In this case, it's traveling back to World War One. Uh, it's around the uh, the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm familiar. Yeah, that whole thing. Uh, but most of them are traveling to other worlds and stuff and kind of righting wrongs and everything and just mm-hmm. kind of trying to keep balance within the world. Um, but Pendragon, uh, Uther Pendragon is King Arthur's father. And so I've always been a huge King Arthur fan. So I've, I just grabbed it because I thought that it might... Have some sort of tie to that. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, it hasn't, and I don't know that it will. But it doesn't matter because it got me sucked in on its own. So uh, yeah, it's a really great series. I have uh, I have plans for that for that series for myself. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm almost done with the series, and I need to travel back and read the first two. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's 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 really great. It's really good writing. Uh, Really good writing for how a teenager talks and how they okay. act. Cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, well, speaking of teenagers, uh, let's go with that direction. And I'm going to talk about uh, an author who I really like, but I'm going to tell you my favorite book of hers so far, which is Coldest Girl in Cold Town, which has a school sp- title. <laughs> it really is. Um, It has a sequence in the beginning that I still want to do as like a short fan film Mm -hmm. just like the opening scene of what this movie would be like because it's so freaking cool um and it's another vampire book but Holly Black does a really good line between doing like you know reimagined dark versions of fantasy she's not afraid to do deadly things um, I'm seeing the difference in the books that you and I very much enjoy. <laughs> uh, Coldest, girl, Coldest Girl in Cold Town is about a girl who lives in a world where vampires are all sequestered into a city called Cold Town. And, Dope. <laughs> yeah, because they're viewed as violent and people who what? like can't control themselves. And so they're sequestered so they don't infect anybody else. Um, she ends up going to Cold Town... And going there with one of her friends, I do believe. It's been a while since I read it. I can't remember if it's a friend or a sister. Um, but it's one of her friends. And just meeting, like, getting swept up into the world of the vampires that are there. And it's so dark. And it's so creepy. I think it would be such a cool movie. Like, or miniseries or something. I just see it. And I really would love to be the main character. But I think I'm a little bit too old now. But it doesn't matter. It can be college. You have a
0: youthful face.
1: Thanks. Um, But it's so cool. And just visually, like, I saw this as, like, a series of, like, moving images in my mind. And I enjoyed it so much. Holly Black just does really good, like, simple but intricate world building. Like, it just seems to work.
0: Oh, so intricate. Oh,
1: so intricate.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you.
1: Um. But she also has a bunch of other books. Uh, one of them is in the... Oh, sorry. Is The Doctor's Part of the Forest, which is about uh, Fae and fairies, which is a big thing that she's written about a lot. As well as she has a new series called The Cruel Prince, which is also Fae-related and also really, really cool. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like... I read... Just to do a slight, like, carryover. I read The Cruel Prince. It's one of the few books where I don't like anybody, but I love this story. Yeah. Because everyone sucks, but, like, in the best way. Like, you hate oh, my, them because they all suck. My,
0: my next book is completely that.
1: Okay, uh, to wrap up so you can talk about that one, I just, she does so well at getting, like, visceral reactions out of you, and we all know I have, like, problems with animal things. She did a thing that, like, upset me, but I could still read the book. But a few instances where I did not put down the book
0: So it wasn't like a Fallen Kingdom thing on uh, that level
1: it, 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 it was a thing But it was like very only, It was so brief In a flashback okay. That it was like I can do this and
0: It technically already happened a long time yeah, ago And
1: I can just pretend that it didn't really happen Because <laughs> the best thing about uh, Books versus movies Is you can just skip a paragraph <laughs> and then something doesn't happen. Uh, but she also has a series I really want to read called the Black Cat series, which, fun fact, is uh, the audiobooks are narrated by Jesse Eisenberg. Oh,
0: cool. Yeah. yeah I think the, the Cold Town one sounds like one of the most interesting that I've heard you pitch so far. Like, that's the one I'm like, hmm. it, It's
1: It's because I have ideas for it that I just haven't got to, like,
0: I to will be it. reading this soon. It's Let on it my shelf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yes, yeah, speaking of all the people are that are terrible. Uh, my next book is The Informers by Brett Easton Ellis. I feel like uh, I Yeah, so I've told you about it many, yes. many times. So Brett Easton Ellis is known for Amer- writing American Psycho oh, and Less okay, Than Zero. Yeah. Those are his big ones. And those are both really good. Uh, American Psycho especially that almost made my list. But this The Informers is my favorite. That's the first one that's the first one I read. Um, and so yeah it's it was it was right... I read it right after uh, graduating college. And that was when I, you know, started exploring outside of Hollywood. And then, like, my little neck of the woods. But it's it's very... It's written in a way that's just like, oh, God, these people. It just shows you, like, how the rich people live in L.A. And it's, it's just... It's very much L.A. And yeah. then, like...
1: Which, if you don't know, both of us live in L.A.
0: Yeah. Uh, it's just... It's just like, okay, I know these people. And it's just funny because I would read it on my way to when I worked in Century City. And a lot of parts of the book take place in Century City. So I'm reading about Century City as I'm going (laughs) to Century City. It was just very surreal. Uh, But near the end of the book, about 80% of the way through the book, there's a giant twist. I wouldn't say giant because it's very subtle in how it does it. But you're just like, "Oh, oh, okay. It just something happens and something is slowly revealed where you're like, oh this is not something I realized was going on and it just completely changes the book and you're like wow, but it's so well done it's just gradually seeped in at the end and it's just like, it's so good because it's told vignette style, it's like you get uh, each chapters from the perspective of a di- different character and there's some overlap and everything mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean it's from someone who has these very well-known books. They did make a movie of it. I haven't seen it. I know it didn't get great reviews, but it didn't look like it captured what I thought the book was. Uh, but, yeah, it's such a good read. And goes a surprisingly different direction. Near okay. The end. Yeah. The Informers. Cool. Yeah.
1: I haven't actually seen any of the movies based on his books.
0: They're good. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, If we're going with more contemporary Mm -hmm. books, I will tell you about one of the only technical contemporaries, because the other ones would not technically count. Uh, It's called On the Jellicoe Road, or Jellicoe Road, depending on if you're reading it in Australia or outside of Australia. Um, It's by Melina Marchetta, and I think I'm saying her name right. It's the best I can do. (laughs) Uh, It... Oh, that book broke me. It's about a girl at... It's a camper boarding school, and she... You slowly just get to learn about her relationship with her mother, who uh, was just super sick, and it's the evolution of that, her relationship with the kids around her, because she's, like, against letting anyone in and talking to them and anything like that, and you just slowly get all these bits of information and she's having kind of visionist dreams of uh stuff that happened in the past it's but it's not done in a way that i would mark this book as like a fantastical element Mm -hmm. it's played completely straight and it's you never really know if she's actually seeing these things or if like memories of something that came up or are coming back to her and she's just slowly learning and it's bringing her closer to her mother who's like deathly ill and who she's, like, rejected for so long because of disagreements that they've had. And just learning her acceptance and her way of getting back to that and way of finally, like, getting along with other kids her age and opening up. I'm not doing this book justice with how beautifully written it is and how much it just kind of breaks your heart as you read it. Like it. It was sad, and I was. I cried during a lot of this book, and I don't generally cry when I read. Like mm-hmm. I will cry during movies or TV shows or stuff because things make me sad. I don't. I almost never cry when yeah, I read I don't stuff. Know if
0: I have. Yeah, because it.
1: I get detached mm-hmm. because there's a difference between seeing something play out and reading something play out. Because you can not see it in your mind if you choose not to, for the most part. But this book, it, it, it's a beautiful book. That's. The best I can say it. And it's one of those ones where, like, I don't think I can do justice with words. Like, the emotional trip, like, journey it takes you on. But it, it's On the Jellicoe Road by Melina Marchetta. Uh, it takes place in the deserts of Australia.
0: Hmm. Uh, so, my next to last one is...
1: Yeah, we're going to try to do two more each.
0: Yeah, I have I have one more after this. So. Cool. Yep. Uh, Silver Lange Playbook. Book. Mm. <laughs> the book. Yes. Uh, I had seen the movie before reading the book But I, I there, was a, there was a while where it seemed like Everything I was reading had a movie yeah. And most of them I had seen the movie already uh, But this was one That starts off pretty similar And then you know The movie and the book deviate And I love them both equally In different ways um, Like they They are the same but yet they're very different And I love them both for the different directions that they take. Um, but this one is just, it's so well written. Uh, Matthew Quick is the writer. And it's so interesting as to how it's, it gives you such an insight into mental health mm-hmm. uh, and the, the mind of someone who has mental health issues um, and just like how their mind operates and, and, like how the chapters are divided up and just everything is it's just very well written and it's just a very beautiful story and I remember because I had seen the movie a few times Mm -hmm. and then read the book and I just remember being like oh wow this is like it's just a really good story and it's just the the writing of the book is is so good and I just remember it's one of those I just blazed through it's just it's just it it's so well paced you're just like oh oh wow i'm at the end (laughs) uh but yeah i think one of the best books that i've read that has a movie uh adaptation and i love them both just for very different reasons very good would recommend as i'm doing right now (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right
1: indeed you are uh two more uh, let's go, I'm going to go back to childhood, because you made me remember something that I loved dearly as a kid. You're welcome. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, It did actually get a show on PBS at one point, but it was called The Time Travel Trio, and if you have a kid who you want to get more into learning about, like, history, um, it's about these three boys who go traveling through time and just interact with all these different historical things. And it it was always just so much fun. Like, if you want a fun, fun read for, like, the young a younger generation of kids, and you, like, you have a reader or something like that, it, they would go to, like, King Arthur. They would go to the invention of, you know, the phonograph they would go to everything and just get to interact and it was a good way to trick me into learning about things Mm. uh but i i fully just recommend that as they're little one-offs and so it's not like the rest of the series that i've been talking about where it's like some grand scheme some grand adventure they're a bunch of little books made to just help you enjoy history in a new way. And anything with time travel is freaking awesome. But yeah, that, I just wanted to throw that little quick one in there. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really talk about kid kid books that I read and loved.
0: Well, those are the ones that have stuck with me because I'm still a child. <laughs> uh, so my last one is a sort of a special mention because it, it was the reverse of Silver Lining's playbook. It was a movie novelization of Spider-Man 2. hmm um, which I just picked up at a Walmart because I was like, oh, Spider-Man 2, I love that movie. And it's my favorite of the Sam Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man movies. And I was just surprised at like the depth of it because the best part about it is that it it's, bar none my favorite movie novelization that I've ever read because it... Uh, with Doc Ock and the mm-hmm. four arms, yep. there's the chip that's implanted in his brain. You know, it gets fried and that's how they that's sort of, sort of how he changes but this book shows you that he changes because each of those arms are talking to him
1: Ooh, that's cool
0: they, each ha- they all have voices and they are just sort of literally over his shoulder talking him into stuff and so there are little bits I mean you kind of see a little bit of that in the movie but you really get to see that in the book and they, you get to hear what they're saying to him and how they manipulate him into doing things that they want him to do so it makes him even more of a tragic character because he was manipulated through the whole thing. It wasn't like he became greedy and, you know, he needed... I mean, he did need the money to try his experiment again, but that was because the arms were literally talking to him to these sentient robotic arms mm-hmm. were talking to him to get him to do what they wanted.
1: Okay, that's sounds much more interesting than what I thought I saw.
0: Yeah. And the movie is fantastic. I mean, I, I love Spider-Man 2. Fun. Yeah. I, I love the Spider-Man 2 movie. This just... if you Is that the if one you, that had
1: the Nickelback song, or was that the first one? No,
0: that's the first one. Okay. <laughs> the second one is Doc Ock. <laughs> that yeah, is. that's one Well, I'm I, I
1: know that difference. Oh, yeah. I can't remember the which one. The second
0: one is Vindicated.
1: Okay. Yes.
0: Um, and, yeah, I just thought it just adds a whole different layer. So when you actually go back and watch the movie again, if you think of it in that way, you're like... Oh wow! So yeah, this is something I was, I had to mention because it's. Oh wow. Yeah, well done, well done in that novelization. Because most of the time they're just kind of throwaway, just kind of like whatever. Just gonna kind of write what happens on the screen. Just added a whole other element to it that made it even the what was already a great movie even greater. Cool. That's all my. That's all my books.
1: Uh, I'm going to do one more Okay. just because I feel like as a podcast dedicated to nerdy things, yep. it's a good one to recommend. It's Fangirl by Rainbow Rowell, uh, which is about a girl who uh, lives in a world where there's this series called Simon Snow, which is that world's Harry Potter, um, and she is a fan fiction writer. She writes a fan fiction about two of the main characters and it's told between her experiences going off to college and dealing with being someone who like never made friends and like you like made friends with fictional characters and the excerpts from her actual fan fiction about that story and for me it was a very good representation of like having to break out of that very secluded fandom life because that was who I was through middle school, high school, was, like, on the internet with fandoms and didn't want to interact with actual people because they all sucked <laughs> for many reasons. Whether they actually suck anymore is not a thing. At that moment, that was my view. But you have Kath, um, who is just like going off to college, and it's her opening up and letting people into her life of fandom as well as getting out of her life that way. And it, it was just a very good experience that I hadn't seen written anywhere before mm. that, like, really seemed to get it and not be making fun of it. Mm. And that was really cool. And then, uh, Rainbow Rowell wrote a book about Simon Snow. Oh. With the two main characters. And so, just for a frame of reference, it, this is good if you like fandom feeling kind of stories. Uh, Simon Snow is literally Harry Potter if instead of spells, they just gave power to, like, words and, like, phrases. And if you... If Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy got together... (laughs) um, because That sounds (laughs) fanfiction-y. Yeah. Because what happens is you have Simon Snow and you have Baz, who are basically Harry Potter and Draco Malfoy and spoiler alert it's not spoiler alert they're on the cover together that way uh they fall in love and now she's coming out with the second ver- book from that but it's just a really fun story because it doesn't take itself seriously because it knows it's a parody of harry potter interesting but it does its own stuff too and so it was just really fun like if you just like fandom as a thing it's they're both really fun reads nice yeah wow
0: I think we, we got a lot of books for you guys to read, so get cracking on those.
1: <laughs> yeah, man. And so, your local bookstores. Yeah, yeah, And by that, I don't necessarily mean corporations. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you, you do what you can.
0: Well, I, we're both fans of, like, tiny little bookstores.
1: We are indeed. And
0: it's, it's the best place to hang out. I just like going in there. Yeah,
1: and lots of All them have of them. cats. Yeah. And even though I like dogs best, I still like cats.
0: yeah. Well, that seems to be it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you for listening. If you had fun with this episode, I would suggest that you subscribe to hear more stuff from the two of us, as well as on iTunes, give us a rating and leave a review. It's a really kind thing to do, as well as helps our podcast get to the ears of some other nerdy people.
0: And we get to read it like a book.
1: Yes, and we do get to read it like a very, very short book. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so until next time, catch us on your current podcast app. Same time-ish next week-ish. Depends on
0: work-ish. Ish. Ish.
1: Bye! Bye! (laughs)